0: Welcome to Speak the Truth, a podcast devoted to giving biblical truth for educating, equipping, and encouraging the individual and local church in counseling and discipleship. Hello, hello, hello. We are back. Biggity, biggity, biggity back. I had to do that. Really? I'm sorry. Yeah, I had crisscross just go through my mind really quick back in the day. Like
1: crisscross make you jump? jump oh jump. my gosh, yeah, that's showing our age. Yeah, Love totally it. showing my age.
0: That was the first cassette tape I bought. I was in fifth grade. Wow. It? Yeah, man, I completely just went back into time for a moment. <laughs> okay, How wait, are you, Shauna?
1: did you start? Did you, did you wear your clothes backwards, though?
0: I tried it. <laughs> are you serious? Union Bay's.
1: What? That was the brand. Jabot was like the brand. That wasn't until
0: like middle school.
1: Really? <laughs> Jeremy, are you with us on this A or no? A little
2: bit, sort of. You never, you never, I know what you're talking about, but the clothing, no. Yeah,
0: the, like the tag, like on the, the crotch of the pants. Okay.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> was this like the 80s? No,
0: 90s, bro. 90s, 90s. bro. Oh, 90s, bro. oh right. gosh.
1: Yeah, I got into middle school. And everybody and, has quit listening at this point.
0: Uh, Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> Oh yeah. I remember that. We My are judgment. a Christian
1: we are a biblical podcast. Hey, and so we're talking That's about what Christ happens Christ. when you
0: reminisce, you jump in that <laughs> oh, portal God. reminiscing yep. and man, you're just like thoughts galore. Anyway, oh, yeah. how are you, Shauna?
1: good i listened to our podcast like a couple of podcasts ago and i um i was literally in my car and i was listening to it and i'm like man shauna you talk so fast i mean i was
0: slow it down.
1: i need to slow it down i want to apologize to all the listeners out there because i can't imagine them listening to me how they're keeping up and it totally brought truth to remember that pastor past uh, pastor pastor nathan tucker shout out to you where he's like uh, after a meeting i had with him one time he goes shauna you're awesome. But one of the things, it's like talking to you is like trying to drink out, out of a fire hose. <laughs> it's so true. It's it's like I, I was like, okay, I think that's a compliment, but no. And then as I was listening to myself on the podcast, it, his, his voice totally came back. And so listeners, I love you. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to slow it down so I can articulate my thoughts. And uh, I'm representing the females on here, so I gotta I gotta You're slow it down. So yeah, so thank y'all for being so patient with me. But I had to take a minute to, 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 to tell my listeners that. So.
0: Yeah, it was about a minute and a half according to the counter over here.
1: What? Just to explain that? I <laughs>
0: kid, I kid. Oh yeah. gosh. Yeah, gotta
1: anyway. talk faster. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm wondering if they're like hitting something to make it like slow down. Because you can do that, right? Yeah. So half yeah. speed. Yeah. I've
0: done that before.
1: Yeah, but there's fruit in talking slow. You get to articulate your thoughts, think it through as you deliver it. I remember when you did your first, when you preached for the first time, and you had your pauses in the preaching, I was like, yes, I need to do that more. Did we ever talk about that on the podcast? No. you preaching for your we first time. We talked about our trip That's to Utah, Utah last, last uh,
0: yeah. episode.
1: So Michael, had his, Michael preached for the first time. It was good. On fear of man. hmm
0: Oh, you listened to it? I did. Oh, it was very good. okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, did you watch it or listen to it? I watched it. Oh, any? Uh, I think you put it on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you yeah. Did you hear me pressing into a lot of things? Oh, oh god.
1: Was- he said that like six <laughs> times. Pressing <laughs> it. We're gonna press. Gonna press it press it in. was excellent. It's like he prefaces everything before he says it. It's like so funny. I'm stating the obvious. Like thing we're of gonna, what gonna I'm get doing. into <laughs> this really quick, and then he gets <laughs> As into, I'm it. into it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like just get into it, dude. Just quit saying that. So, what I always say, right? Or, you know, mm-hmm. you know, those are my connecting words. What's yeah. yours? Do you have any, Jeremy? I, I don't, I don't oh, know. Oh, you're just perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, actually, what, we're sitting here talking about my preaching. You had a, yeah. you you uh, you were speaking at a church too, weren't yeah. you? Yeah, Keystone was, Church, actually.
1: Yeah, it yeah. was
2: amazing experience. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
0: yep. I, I saw they shared it. I didn't get a chance to listen to it yet. I, I was going to. I got distracted.
1: Well, he just showed you up. He listened did, to you. You yeah. didn't listen to him. Man, yeah. you need to That's forgive right. yourself. No, yeah, I'm kidding. You guys have been on a <laughs> trip. it, last podcast. <laughs>
2: forgive yourself.
0: But there was a lot. Le- yeah. Yay. Yeah. Vic, you He's like
1: laughing. It? Are you going to laugh at me? No. No. I-
0: I was already, I was in thought, I'm sorry, I totally just missed you, I'm sorry, I apologize Well, speaking of that marital moment we just had just now, we are going to be getting into uh, Jeremy, how are you? I'm doing great, man Okay, great, great, (laughs) man, that's twice, I'm just sucking today (laughs) <laughs> your
1: attention is right on me
0: <laughs> we're from you hurting this brother man what, what am i we doing love over you. here all right uh but no in all seriousness this episode we are going to be getting into uh we marriage. wanted to yeah we're getting into marriage but we wanted to provide uh for y'all uh just a case study uh because here's what i know um just being in corporate america myself for um a, a good decade um we talk to a lot, we've, you know, personally, I've talked to a lot of people, uh, men specifically where, you know, we're talking at the office and they're sharing some things and, and informally I'm kind of in that moment where God has given me an, an opportunity to be a biblical counselor in that moment and speak into their lives. And, um, so we just, knowing that we wanted to, uh, really just be practical with y'all and provide a, a an actual case study that, uh, going to go over here in just a minute. Uh, but we're going to go over it and we're going to speak to it um, So, because I know that what we're going to be speaking into, you, you all have had these thoughts, and so we just want to encourage you guys, and give you the confidence to uh, to maximize those moments that God has given you. So, Shauna. So,
1: this is where prefacing something, I guess, works, right? We're going to yeah. get into this. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're setting me up.
0: Was that a good one? No,
1: it's good. Yeah. It's good. Okay, so here's the case study. So, what we're going to do today on the podcast, I'm going to actually read a case study, um, obviously fake names, and then we're all going to three just give input and talk through it because we want to encourage you as the counselor um, to just thoughts of how to speak into different things, also allowing you to realize there's different ways that you can approach certain situations. And obviously when you're live in the actual room, the spirit's going to work through you. So this is just, um, just suggestions for maybe preparation or, um, just thoughts for you just to continue to grow as a counselor. So, all right, here's our case study. You have been meeting with Ted and Janice every Thursday evening to help them with marriage struggles. They have been married for 12 years, and they have two children, seven and eight, and and they generally like each other. From what they have shared, they are glad to be married, they strive to love Jesus, and try to be involved with the body of Christ. According to Ted and Janice, the stress of life, such as parenting, finances, and household duties, create tension in their marriage, and sometimes the tension erupts into a two-day conflict where they do not speak much and simply go through the family motions. During your most recent meeting, the eighth meeting, they disclosed a fairly long history of sexual problems in their marriage. Namely, they are sexually intimate about once a month when Janice finally gives in and takes it for the team. The time between sexual encounters is marked by Ted's frequent requests for sex, Janice's equally frequent rebuffs, and Ted's fantasizing about other women while masturbating several times a week. Apparently, The sequence they described began approximately eight years ago, following the birth of their first child. And at the same time, both agree that their sex life has never been very good. And once Janice learned of Ted's masturbation two years ago, their level of sexual intimacy ceased completely for six months. According to Janice, she was too hurt and disgusted to even think about being close to him, And during those months, according to Ted, he withdrew even more from Janice, being hurt and angered by her coldness and lack of forgiveness. All right. So here's the case study of Ted and Janice. Mm. And our first question here is, what do you think the root of their sexual problems are? Jeremy, you want to start out?
2: Sure. Um, You know, I think something that um, I would definitely want to explore as it relates to that question, what is the root of their sexual problems? Um, certainly, it, we're going to aim at the heart, uh, but I would want to explore with both of them beliefs about sex, uh, because what they, may, you know, the way they've been raised. Some people are raised that sex is a dirty thing. There's a rigidity um, to it. It's a shameful thing. It's something you know that that a parent may have during childhood or or teenage years said something very derogatory to the individual that that kind of set the tone for their mindset of what is sex. Uh, I would also want a little bit of a sexual history. Anytime I'm working with someone and their sexual problems, I want to do a thorough assessment about their sexual life from as far back as they can remember. Looking for things like child abuse, has that Has there been sexual abuse in either of their lives? Was there promiscuity and to what extent were they ever exposed to pornography and at what age and what habits did that begin to to build in their lives? Uh, So things of that nature, you know, wanting, I even ask, you know, have you ever wrestled with homosexuality? Have you ever engaged in that kind of thing? Uh, has there been a time when you've gone to strip bars and prostitutes? I I just want to be very thorough Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. get a good understanding uh, of what this, what each of them are bringing to the table. Um, and then another uh, third area that I would want to explore is just what are, what are the desires that ultimately do rule them in their marriage? What do they long for? What do they want? And what are their desires and longings in the, in the context of the sexual relationship? Yeah,
0: that's good.
1: Michael, what about you?
2: Yeah,
0: um, everything to what Jeremy was saying, of course. Um, I And really just um, from that, because the, the good thing about what Jeremy's saying is finding out, because I would want to find out is, you know, what what is their standard? You know, obviously, clearly uh, their issue, um, you know, and obviously you can go to James chapter 4, why is there fighting and quarreling among you is not because of the des- desires that wage war within you. Um, that's a good pretext to just kind of like what what – clearly their standards are at odds with each other and it's creating these problems. So I would want to know in, in really in gathering that data, my, you know, my questions to them would be like, well, wh- why is, why just once a month? What, what's behind that? And if, and in that data gathering, if there's not really, uh, if there hasn't been like a history in the past um, you know, mm. you know, within the family um, those types of things, uh, and and there's not really like a deep emotional disposition towards that stuff i i would ask her what what's her justification for once a month and why once a month versus him where you know according to what he's doing in terms of masturbation that's several times a week you know so clearly mm-hmm. in terms of frequency and duration and in and, and that the, there's a huge discrepancy mm-hmm. uh in their intimacy and, and well in i think the first
1: part says they're going through the family emotions on everything else and so sex could obviously just be a part of that as well just going through the motions of it and it's just a duty like let me get this over with in her mindset yeah, right? that's a, yeah so that's let, a, let me take one for the team is what it says mm-hmm.
0: yeah and that's That's in quotation. So Mm -hmm. apparently, that that was used Mm -hmm. during during the discussion with them. So, yeah. I I think
2: another part that we always want to assess well at the front end is if she's struggling with even a a desire for that, physiologically, have her go to a doctor and see, you know, is there anything hormonally wrong? Sure. Is there pain? Does she have Mm -hmm. some things going on? In that regard, so that would yeah. that would be another piece.
1: That's important, yeah, to get thorough understanding of that too, because there could be all these different factors. Yeah,
0: and that, and that's what I'm that's what I'm speaking to is in that data gathering, asking those very specific questions mm-hmm. to find out because may, maybe there is some legitimacy to her taking one for the team, as it were. Um, but if there's not, then to your point, if it's just part of the checking your list as it is to the parental ops and everything else that are that they're doing you know, as, as a family and a married couple, you know, let's explore that a little bit more. Why is it just part of a duty instead of a delight? You know, yeah. is it, it should be a delight. You know, when we read scripture, it's a beautiful thing. So, you know, Jeremy, you started, you know, kind of like, obviously, you know, what we're aiming at is the heart. That's Mm -hmm. really what we want to get into. So I, that's where I would go to with that. And then him, um, to, to where, okay, the distancing yourself and the coldness and, you know, being rejected every time. And, you know, you can at least count on once a month, but even then it's like you feel horrible because you're guilted and, you know, you feel shameful that you're forcing your wife to have sex as it were kind of thing. So you could definitely see the other side. And then with him, why has he elevated what's going on in his life where he feels like sex is the answer, you know, just, yeah a little bit
1: so i'm i uh, i think my advice for the counselor um would be to start with the vertical perspective versus just jumping into the horizontal on yeah. sometimes i've seen where counselors even when i started out it was saying okay how could i work with a marriage couple to come up with an agreement of how many how often they yeah. have sex and and we can rush uh, to that or uh-huh. hate to even telling him okay you know you, you know you need to stop masturbating you know those are things or fantasizing about the women and wanting to attack that you know like quickly but there's, there's obviously fruit and going back to having, um, The vertical perspective first, because like what Jeremy said, the beliefs about God, like that being one of the angles that you would want to go. Because the importance in that is, is reclaiming the why and the heart behind why they do what they do. We obviously know as counselors, the heart change is what brings the behavior modifications. And so, you know, to me, when I work with women on sex, it's more going with the word intimacy, and then realizing like what does God say about intimacy. And I remember one of our previous podcasts that we. Um, spoke with Jonathan Holmes you know his book rocked my world when he had a statement saying that sex is temporary. So get after it. Yeah Mm. no but when you really think about that that God's common grace and him saying be fruitful and multiply he's given us a command but yet he's given us pleasure with it he didn't have to do that Mm -mm. and to know that even unbelievers and his common grace gets it having God's saving grace then on the flip side as believers we should have like like the intimacy that we have in our marriage should be so much more fruitful than anything out there in the world mm. and the world is skewing sex and intimacy in a way that it, it's, it's stealing it away and we sh- we I want to I want to reclaim this back in the church right so it's like okay so here you know I'm trying to slow down right and and gather my my thought and excitement of being able to work with women and obviously marriages to focus back on how did God design intimacy, what was really the fruit of that, how exciting it is, knowing that intimacy is a form of worship. So yes, I might not emotionally feel like being intimate with my husband right now, but the fact that my husband has a God-given desire for me is a beautiful thing. And then through rejoicing to God in that gratitude, I can glorify the God and worship the God by giving myself to him. And hey, guess what? God's going to change my heart for me to receive pleasure from that too. And so there's, there's just this whole concept around it that if we can hopefully pray with them and get them to understand then through that heart change it can lead to the behavior modifications but when I initially saw this question my first thought was selfishness right I mean I think it's I'm just taking one for the team it's all about how I feel what I want from her and him over here now because of the lack of it I've started fantasizing and allowing myself to gratify myself with these selfish desires and I think that easily is a root issue that I see I mean what are y'all thoughts on that no, that like that, selfish motivations.
0: Yeah, that that's good. And just um, back I talked to really fast. No, you're good. <laughs> and but back to that point that you made about how quickly, how easily, quickly it is to go and focus immediately on the horizontal. Right. And so oftentimes, and just really when you look at this, this both of them have reverted to a horizontal approach. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the way that he's re- he's responding to her not um, wanting to be intimate with him, and so oftentimes even you know in the counseling, especially with the men that I talk to, it's like, they're looking for this microwavable solution to intimacy, fast tracking intimacy with their wives when really like, no, we need a vertical transformation. Like I need to help you understand theologically the right heart to have towards this intimacy with your wife. And it starts with God. Uh, Likewise with, you know, with the female is having, you know, having a, a, really a a vertical transformation on helping them understand theologically why this is important versus just always, you know, focusing inward on how I feel towards something. And the, and the guy, likewise, in this case, you know, he's doing this and Ted's doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so they're both responding in a very self-centered, um, and self-centered way. Um, and they're reverting back to the horizontal instead of looking to God, which I would always, now that, you know, we've established in this case study, for example, even that they, they're, they're glad to be married. So by their own admission, they're saying they're glad to be married. They strive to love Love Jesus Jesus, and try to be involved with the body of Christ. So you can't divorce pun intended. You can't divorce your marriage from what they're called to and what they're striving in. Like, okay, Secular, sacred, I'm going to go do the, my church thing over here, but I'm not going to demonstrate the life of Christ in me through my marriage by sum, um, submitting each other to each other. Yeah,
1: and, you know? and we have to remember that we have the Holy Spirit in us. So when we have these challenges or struggles in our marriage, that we can tap into, obviously, the power of the Lord to let us fulfill those duties that he's given us. Duties. You know? Sorry. Really, that was so immature. Nacho
0: Libre, sorry, these duties. I got all these
2: duties.
1: Well, okay, let's give the mic to Jerry now.
2: I love Nacho Libre. You
1: do? Oh I love gosh. It.
2: It's One of my. Maybe favorites. you should give these duties to some other guy. We are <laughs> dead guy in a Serious conversation right now. I love it. Uh, so I'd like to unpack a little bit. Uh, in complete agreement with the selfishness. Um, but before I do that, you know, this whole thing of they they say they love Jesus, mm-hmm. and I would want to try to connect with them that engaging sexually is mm-hmm. also loving Jesus. Oh, yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, because good. it seems like that's an anchor of motivation for them that might could help them do some hard work. But let's say on the selfishness side, what that might practically look like in a situation like this, it sounds like um, the wife is very distant and uh, doesn't want to be close to her husband, and, and so that's where the desires come into play. So she may desire things like to be nurtured. She might desire affirmation. She might desire to be valued by her husband, and because of all of the things in their world that she points to that that's creating the struggle, uh, he's not doing those things. Right. And so I would want her to know wanting nurturance and affirmation and value from your husband's beautiful, and hopefully we can create that um, that dynamic for you guys. But the first place we have to do, we have to take the counsel of Christ, which is take the plank out of your own eye first. So I want her to look inwardly to to see what the problem is first inwardly. Um, And there is a possibility, according to the scriptures, James 4, you mentioned a minute ago, where you you can allow those desires to elevate to the point of coveting and it's all through the biblical counseling literature that coveting and that kind of thing is in the realm of idolatry, which is worship. So I would want to do a lot of work on uh, having her assess her own heart. What are some very beautiful things that you want in this marriage? It's not happening. And now you've allowed that to become your treasure in this marriage. And when, that, the, when nurturance and affirmation are your treasure, um, if that's your ultimate desire, according to Ephesians 4, 22 and 24, through 24 that will produce corruption in your life so for him you know he may want connection and he may want to just experience the the joy and pleasure of of being with his wife those are excellent things that we want to try to nurture in the counseling process but he first has to realize you are committing spiritual adultery against god according to james 4 Mm -hmm. if you allow yourself to sin because you're not getting those things in your marriage so the first place you have to work brother is your own heart
1: Mm -hmm. and that's that's even a good counseling tip and approach to um, separate them Uh, you know you have them looking assessing going to the lord individually Mm -hmm. the log of the own eye so remember that as a counselor that it's not always trying to fix the horizontal first Mm -hmm. but how can you encourage them both individually to go vertical for the lord and then bringing them together horizontally So that's going to wrap up today's podcast, Um, but we are going to do a follow-up one um, for uh, our next podcast. We'll we'll continue in this case study, and let's ask ourselves more questions and continue to grow as counselors. So thanks for joining us.
0: Yeah, that's good. Until then,
2: speak the truth.